We're going to begin now focusing on the third part of Tanya, which is page 180 in your Tanya. This is the third part of Tanya, page 180. Third part of Tanya, it's called Gerza Tshuva. It's about Tshuva. And we're now in the season of Tshuva. So maybe at some further point, we'll discuss more what Tanya is about. But for now, we're going to jump straight into Igel Zatshuva. Igel Zatshuva has 12 chapters, and uh, we're not necessarily going to finish all 12 chapters, but at least we'll start. Okay, page 180. Uh, there's some words missing on the top over here. It's supposed to say, Likute Amorim, Chelik Shlishi. If you go back to uh, page 150, page 150 on the top line, uh, what do you see over there? And then he gives the name of it. That's Likutei Amorim Shlishi, Sheni. Because the whole Seifel is called Likuti Amorim. We're, we're used to calling this Tanya. That's what we call it. The Rebbe gave it a different name. The Rebbe called it Likuti Amorim, which means literally collection of saints. So Likuti Amorim has three parts. The first part is the first 53 chapters of Tanya. Then you have the second part, which is on page 150, there's 12 chapters. The third part is on page 180, which is what we're learning now about Shuva. So it's supposed to say on the top, Okay, Perak Aleph, chapter 1, Tanya Besef Yuma. The Altabi begins the by quoting a teaching, a passage, a b'risa from the end of Besech the Yuma. Besech Yuma speaks about Yom Kippur, and the last chapter speaks about Shuva. So over there, it makes the following statement. There are three parts to kapora, to atonement. There are three parts to kapora. What are they? We'll soon see. But each one of the kapora, each time there's going to be kapora, atonement, there's going to be tshuva with each of these three. So what are these three? So the first one is overall mitzvah say. A person violated a mitzvah say, a positive mitzvah. For example, a person didn't put on tefillin chas v'shalom. He violated a positive mitzvah. Or a person didn't say shema on time. The time of Shema is about, uh, the morning Shema is about 9.38. It's usually on the wall. I think you might have another minute or so. So every morning you got to say Shema before this time, even if the minion starts later, but you got to say Shema in the morning before this time. That's a mitzvah, that's a positive mitzvah. But if someone violated the mitzvah, didn't say Shema. Vishav, and afterwards you do Vishav. Vishav means you return to Hashem, you do Tshuva. 
So what happens? What's the result of your tshuva? You don't move away from there. Until Hashem forgives you. Which means that Hashem forgives you on the spot. You don't have to move away from there. On the spot Hashem forgives you. So the formula for achieving kapara, atonement, for violating a mitzvah say, not fulfilling mitzvah say, is just doing tshuva. That's all you have to do. It's very simple. Just tshuva. As soon as you do tshuva, you're forgiven. That's a quick, instantaneous kapara. What is tshuva? We'll discuss later on. That will see later on. But all you need is tshuva. How long does it take to do tshuva? What's the time span? How long does it take to do tshuva? Uh, anyone know? How long? A moment. Doesn't take long. If you want to achieve loving Hashem, for example, loving Hashem is a mitzvah. How long does it take to achieve loving Hashem? It takes a long time. You can't just snap your finger, I love Hashem. No, you don't. You love Hashem, you got to work, you got to daven, you got to learn chassidus, you got to think about Hashem. It's a whole work, it takes a long time. But tshuva doesn't take any time. On the spot, if you want to do tshuva, which we'll see later on, you can do it in one second. So a person violated a mitzvah, says, say he does tshuva, he's forgiven right away. That's category number one. Category number two. Ovar al mitzvah's loisasa, person violated a loisasa, a prohibition. A person wore shatnas. Shatnas means wool and linen together. Whenever you buy a suit, you got to go to the shatnas guy to check the suit. There's no linen and wool together because that's a violation. You can't wear shatnas. Or any other prohibition. A person ate non-kosher food. That's a prohibition. So a person violated a license, a vishav, and he did shuva. So what happens now? Does he also have an instantaneous forgiveness? No. Here it's more complicated. Over here, tshuva tayla. Tshuva causes you to hang. Hang. And yom kippah is mechapo. Yom kippah achieves the atonement. Tshuva tayla, tshuva makes you hang, means that Hashem will not punish the person. But the person has not achieved atonement yet. You have to wait for yom kippah in order to have kapal atonement. So mitzvahs I say, a violation of mitzvahs I say, a positive mitzvah is just tshuva. You don't have to wait for anything. Tshuva and yav kapala. For a loisasa, you gotta do tshuva, but for kapala, you have to wait for yom kippur. Okay, so those are two categories. What's the third category? So let's skip to the bottom. We'll soon go back to what we're skipping. If you go uh, five lines from the bottom, that's the third category. Oh, uh, towards the end of the line. Over al A person violates a prohibition punishable by chorus, getting caught off from Hashem, or Mrs. Beisdin, or a prohibition punishable by death, by capital punishment on the part of the court, such as Chilul Shabbos, desecration of Shabbos with warning and uh, with Edim, with witnesses. So if a person violated a prohibition, 
What kind of prohibition? One that's punishable either by colors. Uh, what's an example of a violation punishable by colors? Right, breaking showers without witnesses. Well, what else? Eating comments on Pesach. Eating comments on Pesach. Eating on Yom Kippur. These are examples of violations of uh, punishable by uh, by colors. By the way, which is worse? Which is worse? Eating, drinking blood, or eating chazo? Pink. Which is worse? Kosher blood. What's the situation? From a kosher animal. What's the situation? Okay. Person is just hungry. Take some blood. Which is worse? <laughs> Good assumption. Again, you're reading my mind. Okay, good. Good job. Blood, the penalty for eating blood is kalas. Getting separated from Hashem. The penalty for eating chazo is just a prohibition. What's chazo? A pig, okay? It's it's a prohibition. The punishment for a regular prohibition is lashes, thin lashes. It's not as severe as colors. So blood is worse. Eating in Yom Kippur is also colors. So here it says if a person violates a prohibition of colors or capital punishment, so over here, when and how do you achieve kapoma? How do you achieve atonement? So here it goes like this, tshuva v'yim ha-kippurim, toilim. When you do tshuva and yim kippur, you're still left hanging in between. You don't get punished, but you're not uh, forgiven yet. V'yisurim ha-markim, and yisurim, which means suffering, that's what cleans and achieves atonement for the person. So that's the third category. So again, a mitzvah say, a positive mitzvah, you do tshuva, what happens next? You're forgiven. Case closed. By a prohibition, not punishable by death, a regular prohibition, such as shotness or eating non-kosher. So over here, if you do tshuva, you're left hanging. You're not going to get punished, but you're not forgiven. You have to wait for what? For Yom Kippur, to achieve atonement. But a prohibition, punishable by either colors or capital punishment, here if you do tshuva, and Yom Kippur passed already, you do tshuva and Yom Kippur, yet both, it's still not kapor, you still have not achieved atonement. What's necessary for atonement? Yisurin suffering. These are the three categories. Okay. So what's common, what's common in all three? What's the necessary ingredient in all three? Tshuva. Tshuva is a requirement for all three. But is tshuva enough by itself? Yes, by mitzvahs I say yes. Not by loisas, not by prohibition. And certainly not by, by prohibition of colors. Okay, now based on this, if we're going to measure on the scale a mitzvah I say versus a loisas, a positive mitzvah versus a prohibition, and you start thinking which is more severe. A mitzvah saseh or mitzvah sleisaseh? Positive mitzvah or prohibition? Which is more severe? The prohibition. And the proof is? Right? you got to wait for Yom Kippur for, for atonement. By mitzvah say you don't have to wait. That tells you that a prohibition is more severe. But on this we have a very strong question. 
which the, let's go back to the top of the page. Let's go to the part we skip. Let's go to the end of the fourth line. Pirush. When you want to measure a mitzvah say versus a loisase, so one of the ways of measuring this is when they are in conflict with each other. A mitzvah say is in conflict with a loisase. It's like one or the other. What's an example of an assay conflicting a loisase? Okay, so it's the wolf ring, right? Doing a bris on Shabbos. A bris on Shabbos. Okay, okay. Uh, any other example? Sudak on Shabbos. Okay, okay. Okay. We're talking about that you're allowed to do it. No, no, no. I'm discussing just a, a situation of conflict. Oh, oh, that's actually more the standard case. If there's a tzaras. Saras means a case of, of leprosy. It's not really leprosy, but it's a skin disease. So in the times of the Besamekdash, this Saras is a very serious story. It's a whole process of purity. It's a very severe impurity. It's a very severe tumor. So some people want to just find a trick. Instead of going through the whole procedure, uh, the whole process of purity, you just take a knife and you take away that skin disease. It's not, uh, you don't need a surgeon for that. It's, it might be very simple. And you save yourself so many headaches. So Teo says, Hishomo, don't you dare do something like that. Don't try to take away. One of the signs that tell you that you're impure by Tsaras is if you have two white hairs coming from a white spot in your skin. And you show that to a Kayan. Who's the coin over here? How many coin do we have? Just one? Okay, you're the coin. You have all these jobs. Okay, any, any, anyone who has negatzaras when there's a mikdash, he's the address. Okay? Yeah, me too. Okay, competition. Okay. So, so, so there's two white hairs. That makes it like a terrible impurity. Eh, no problem. Tear out the two hairs and finish. The chair says, don't you dare do that. It's a prohibition. Okay, now, uh, there's a din of uh, the eighth day of a baby. There's a bris miller. It happens to be the baby has a tzaras where you do the bris miller. There's a tzaras there. So now you have a conflict between a mitzvah say a mitzvah of doing a bris, and a prohibition of, of, of taking away a tzaras. So what do you do? So that's an example of a conflict between an assay and a loisase. And there's many such cases of conflict. So what do you do in such a case? So the general pr- principle is, this is a rule, a assay, mitzvah assay, a positive mitzvah, doiche loisas, it pushes away prohibition. That's the general rule. An assay pushes away a loisase. A positive mitzvah pushes away prohibition. That's the general rule. What does that mean, though, pushes it away? Like in the case of a brace of a circumcision, you would do the circumcision, even though it's a violation of not taking away a tzoras, a skin disease, you would do it. Because the assay, the positive mitzvah, overrides the loisase. So even though it's more severe, to, you get the, the punishment and the teshuva and all of that is more severe for a violation, even if there's a conflict, the positive mitzvah overrules the violation. Oh, that's a question. That's the question we're learning here. The question is we're getting mixed messages. When it comes to rectifying the sin, Tshuva, 
Then we say, which is more severe, the mitzvah saseh or the loisasa? Which is more severe? The loisasa. You got oit from Kippur. But when it comes to a conflict of action, do I do the assay? Will it override the loisas or not? Here, who's the one that wins? Mitzvah assay wins. The assay will override the assay. So that, that, that's a contradiction. So you see, assay is more important than the loisasa. Yeah, when it comes to tshuva, what do we see? The loisasa is more important. That's the question I was asking here. The clear the question? Let's see this inside. Pirush, again, the end of the fourth line. When it comes to kiyum, kiyum means doing. Here we say mitzvah say gedoyla. Mitzvah say is greater than a loisase. It's going to push away the prohibition. What's the explanation? So here the Altareb is going to give us a, a, a very profound answer which will have many ramifications. It's going to allow us to, to appreciate what a mitzvah is, what's a mitzvah say, what's a mitzvah say, and how tshuva works. Okay, so, so the Altareb says, Through fulfilling a mitzvah say, what is accomplished when a yid does a mitzvah say? What's accomplished? What do you accomplish? So he says what you accomplish is mamshich oil v'shefa. You draw down the light, the flow of holiness from Hashem. Boil misal yoinim in the upper worlds. Maha'ova sirin seif bo'uchu from the reflection of the infinite light of Hashem. So what did we just learn? So this is one of the important principles which is extensively discussed in Kabbalah. One of the extensive discussions in Kabbalah is what is accomplished through mitzvahs? And what's the tragedy that happens through violation of a prohibition? So every mitzvah has a different accomplishment where, a different accomplishment where? So in Kabbalah it explains a different accomplishment in the upper worlds. In the upper worlds. In the upper worlds, you have holy worlds, that's where the angels are, that's where the Neshamas are, and there are so many worlds. There's the lower Ganeiden and the higher Ganeiden. And how many worlds are there? There's infinite amount of worlds, spiritual worlds. When a yid does a mitzvah, he's mamshich, he brings down light, holiness to all these worlds. That's what happens when you do a mitzvah. So you have one solitary yid that puts on tefillin. Puts on tefillin one time. So you might think, ah, big deal, he put on tefillin one time. Yeah, it's a big deal. You know what happens through one tefillin? There's the light of Hashem that's shining now in all the worlds. From the infinite light of Hashem. That's what happens when you put on tefillin one day. And then every time you do it, it happens again. Okay, so, so every mitzvah has its own unique accomplishment. But what's common in all the mitzvahs is that all the mitzvahs are mamshikli, draw the infinite light of Hashem. So talking about uh, revolutions... You know what a revolution is? 
uh, a revolution is something like, you know, like a, I don't know, a switch of a government, like everything changes. You know, as a revolution, everything changes. A yid does one mitzvah, this is a terminology that I've used once. A yid does a mitzvah, he causes a revolution upstairs. Everything changes upstairs. He does a mitzvah down here, everything changes upstairs. There's a massive holiness of Hashem that's shining from one mitzvah of a yid. It's a revolution upstairs. When Mashiach comes, when Mashiach comes, we'll see what a mitzvah is. We'll see what we accomplished when we, through our mitzvahs. We'll see the value of a mitzvah. What's the monetary value of a mitzvah? How much, what's the monetary value of tefillin? Uh, anyone bought tefillin lately? How much does it get? How much does it cost, huh? $1,500. I know some cipher might, there's some people that might do it cheaper, I don't know. Okay, it's a lot of money. Okay, tefillin costs a lot of money. But the truth is tefillin doesn't have a monetary value. It's infinite, that's the value of tefillin. It's the infinite light of Hashem that shines by putting on tefillin. And in Gan Eden, in Gan Eden, you can't pick up a pair of tefillin for all the money in Gan Eden. No such thing as doing a mitzvah in Gan Eden. There's, there's a sign that says, when you go into Gan Eden, by the way, there's a sign, you might notice, it says, no mitzvah is allowed. You can't do any mitzvahs there. You can't put on tefillin, and you can't wear tzitzis. You can't do any mitzvahs. Good question, but over there it's not a mitzvah. It's not a mitzvah. There's no mitzvahs upstairs. The mitzvahs are down here in this world. Here's what we do in mitzvah. What's the value of a mitzvah? It's infinite. That's a mitzvah. So what happens when you break a mitzvah? That's a tragedy. We'll soon talk about that. That's a tragedy. When Mashiach comes, we'll see the value of the mitzvahs. And then we'll start dancing. Look what we accomplished. We did this mitzvah and this mitzvah. We would say, I wish I would have known what I'm accomplishing. I wish I would have known. We might cry a little bit also. I could have done a little bit more too. That's going to be another part. I could have done so much more. But what I did is, is infinite. Every mitzvah we do is infinite. So that's the value of a mitzvah. The mitzvah, that's what he says, or a mitzvah is, I take mitzvah, say, mamshich oir v'shefa. Every time you do a mitzvah, you mamshich the oir and shefa, the light and energy of Hashem. Where? What's the destination of this light? Bo'il misal yoinim, in the upper worlds. One second. That's the destination, in the upper worlds. That's where you're drawing down the light of Hashem, in the upper worlds. From where? What's the source of the, of the light? Where does it come from? It's from the light, it's from the reflection of the infinite light of Hashem. So you do a mitzvah, the source is the infinite of Hashem. The destination is the upper worlds. Okay, what's your question? Oh, I could read, I, I, I know what you're going to ask. I read your mind. I know you're going to ask this question. That's a very good question. It's a very good question. Questions like this. We learned so much of Siddhis. Something called Dira, but Achtoinim, the wrong place below. You do a mitzvah, where do you bring the Kedush of Hashem to where? Down here below. What's the Altar Rebbe saying here? When you do a mitzvah, you're doing the light of Hashem, where? What's the destination? Upper world. I think from there, Mehar, it's very 
That's the source. But to where? What's the destination? Yainim in the upper worlds. What kind of business is this? I thought mitzvahs bring kedushin to this world. It's a very good question. We'll get to that in mitzvah. It's a very good, very important question. But in case, that's what it says over here. It says you do a mitzvah, your mamshich, the light of Hashem in the upper worlds. Not down here. In the upper worlds. To support this, Altev brings the zoya. It's a zoya that we actually say. It should be, it should, this zoya should sound familiar to you. No, not this, not the next zoya. The 200 and, well, what's that number again? And 48 pikudin mitzvahs. Inun, they are Ramach Evol in the 248 limbs of the King of Hashem. Every mitzvah is one of the limbs of, of, of Hashem. There are, there are, how many uh, mitzvahs I say do we have? How many? 248 positive commandments. Ramach. Why this number? Why 248? So there's two basic reasons. One is there's 248 parts to a person. And each mitzvah rectifies one of the parts of the person. The other explanation is the one he's saying over here is that there are 248 limbs of Hashem, so to speak. Obviously not physical. Limbs of Hashem. Each mitzvah is a limb of Hashem. And what's the function of the limb of a person? It draws the life of the neshama, of the soul, to give it life. That's the function of an eva, of a limb of a person. So every mitzvah draws down the life force of Hashem. Where? What's the destination? The upper world. Not just that. There's a second destination. What's the second destination? The neshama. The neshama. How do, what's the proof? How do we know that? Because the author of it says it. <laughs> right? But he proves it himself. Look at the next words. Like we say, quote, end of quote. Every time we do a mitzvah, we say, Hashem, Asher says, He made us holy. He made our neshama holy through the mitzvahs. So that's the second destination. I know you're going to ask, isn't the goof also going to affect it? I know your question. That's a good question, right? But let's see what it says over here. Okay? Okay, we'll stop over here. And uh, let's start a mile and draw down the information.